Yo, 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 what's good, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy, Five Mics. Uh, husband, father, educator, writer, MC. The microphone gives me wings. Thank you so much for tuning in to this fifth episode of the fourth season of the Idea Manhood podcast. Uh, I'm going to jump right in with our quote. I have a lot to talk about today. I want, there's a lot for you all to respond to. So I just want to jump right in with our fist bump. That is a quote or a theme or a saying or something that stuck out to me this week that I want to um, just share with you to kind of, you know, set the tone for the show today. So um, here's the quote. It's kind of long, so bear with it. Uh, I'm going to tell you what we've learned. Uh, The implicit association test, which measures unconscious bias. You can go online and take it. Five million people have taken it taking it turns out our default is white we like white people we prefer white what do i mean by that well when people are shown images of black and white men we are more quickly able to associate the white person with the positive word than when we are trying to associate positive with the black face and vice versa When we see a black face, it is easier for us to connect black with negative than it is white with negative. 70% of white people taking the test prefer white. 50% of black people taking the test prefer white. You see, we were all outside when the contamination came down. Um, This quote is from um, Verna Myers. Uh, She has a pretty amazing TED Talk. Uh, The TED Talk is actually entitled, um, shoot, I should know this off the top of my head, and I don't. The TED Talk is entitled, How to Overcome Our Biases, Walk Boldly Towards Them. Right, And so Verna Myers is an inclusion strategist, a cultural innovator. She was just recently named the vice president of inclusion strategy at Netflix, uh, a black woman. She's a thought leader and social commentator. Um, she's known for her talks and keynotes. Um, I've used Verna Myers' clip, and we use it at our job a lot, Um mainly for the for a lot for a lot of different things but the last line of that quote really stands out to me uh when she says you see we were all outside when the contamination came down um this thing this racism this sexism this homophobia this able all of these isms are contaminations what is contaminations poison it kills us, literally and figuratively, right? So um, I like to think of, of racism as a poison, right? Hatred is a poison that contaminates not only the people that are on the receiving end of it, um, but the people that are dishing it out and the people that are just there. You know what I'm saying? Like the people that are just in the room. Um, we are all contaminated. We were all outside unprotected, no shields, no gas masks, no uh, filters. We were all outside when the contamination came down. Um, With the news of today, uh, with the hate crime for uh, Jesse Smollett, the African-American 
gay actor. Um, I, I, I list these um, identities because these were the reasons why he was attacked today or yesterday in Chicago. Um, folks, I don't know, wearing MAGA hats and screaming all sorts of stuff attacked him physically, uh, put a noose around his neck, threw bleach on him, like, yo, what, what the hell, right? In 2019, um, that contamination that we talked about in that quote almost killed him, right? And everybody around him that saw that, all of us that read that story become contaminated by that hate. And so it's heavy on my mind. My, you know, my, my demeanor is a little bit somber today, being really reflective and thinking about um, how my voice as a straight black man um, can be, you know, ally is a little bit too, mm, I don't even like the word ally anymore. When I think of the ally, I think of like, I don't know, a silent ally like France. No, don't shade the French people, but, you know, they're just there. You know, if we call on them, they'll be there, right? If we call on England, like, they'll be there. They're our allies, Spain, like all that, right? Um, But I feel like in these situations, we need more than allies. Like, we need, I don't know, we need somebody to step in before, you know, before shit gets crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, um... You know, there's a term people call it like innocent bystanders. And when we're doing this work of, of race and equity and diversity, we have to be more than bystanders. We have to be upstanders. So shout out to um, shout out to uh, shout out to my boy Omekongo Dabinga, um, longtime friend and colleague, former colleague um, that introduced me to the concept of of being a an upstander right and actually you know standing up in the face of hate and not just watching it letting it happen and being responsive I feel like uh, you know depending on your privilege wherever your privilege lies uh, we have to use that uh, to to stand in the way and, and and protect and speak up for and use our platforms to to speak out against these issues. And so as a straight man, I don't want to just be like, yo, that's crazy. What? You know, we got to be specific about our responses and say, like, that's bullshit. Anybody in 2019 that is not only threatening, beating up, proposing any harm uh, or what have you to anybody that's disadvantaged, including, you know, the LGBTQ community, including, you know, women, including children, including any spectrum of people that hold any uh, adversity in our society. Not only are we going to be bystanders and allies, we are going to protect, we are going to use our physicality, if need be, we're going to use our privilege to ensure that the people that we love, the people that we know, the people that we don't know are safe and have the full uh, rights to whatever the hell they want to do. You know what I'm saying? And that's not being dismissive. That's just saying that everyone should be able to live the life they want to live. And we have to be upstanders. Um, 
but yeah, that 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 wrecked me today. I don't know why. I mean, of course I know why because you know it's a uh, it's it's a black man, it's a black gay man. It's he's a he's a star. But you know, horrible things have happened to stars along the way. Um, you know, I, I tend to somewhat disconnect with entertainment and what's going on. But this one hit me differently. You know what I'm saying? Um, I don't even like Empire. <laughs> so it's not, you know, it's not about his stardom and his celebrity. It just felt like that, that, that was, uh, that's, it just didn't feel good. It felt, even though he's just as distant as other celebrities, you know, to us in our individual lives, it just felt like, I don't know, it just felt so yuck, so disgusting. And it made me mad. It, it left a, a, a feeling in my stomach, in the pit of my stomach, that's like, nah, we, we can't do this. Like, we, we can't continue to move on. Um, like, life is normal when someone gets bleach thrown on them and a noose tied around their neck in 2019. So, please believe I'm going to be using all of my platforms to speak out against hate. I think that's, you know, the idea of manhood as a podcast, you know, me as a person, that's something that I like to think that I always do. Um, but I want to be especially more explicit in the area of standing up for, uh, for, for our, our LGBTQ brothers and sisters, for, um, for black folks, for our Latinx population, our Latinx brothers and sisters, you know, um, anybody, any marginalized community, we really have to unite, you know, there's a lot of conversations in the media about men versus women and black versus Latino and, you know, gay versus straight and gay versus black and black men this and black woman that. And nah, it's like we really got to, you know, not for the sake of sounding like all lives matter, but like we really got to unite on this side of of oppression, you know, any identity that we hold that is um, that's not white and that's not straight and that's not you know financially stable or what have you like we really got to stand up for those folks in those marginalized communities so sorry for that long uh, for that rant but it's, it's definitely something that I've been thinking about um, you know today but just in general I think it's something that we always should be thinking about so I apologize for um, my 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 low key demeanor today, it could possibly be because I'm hungry. <laughs> In all seriousness, um, about 13 days ago, moving into the barbershop. So we're gonna that's that's the fist bump. Sorry, the fist bump was a little weak uh, today, but you know uh, we we just have to be really really direct about it. Um, in the barbershop today, we're going to be talking about um, just the health, you know, the barbershop for the folks that don't know is just that that socio-emotional, physical, healthy conversations that happen in the barbershop or that should happen in the barbershop uh, about just the, the self-improvement of, of men, right? And so um, I just want to take a little, about two minutes to talk about my, um, my whole 30 food journey. Um, 
I put it online. I, I shared it on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter on January 14th, the day after my birthday, the day after I came back from Puerto Rico. Uh, I started a whole 30, um, I don't want to call it a diet, a, a, a shift in the way that I approach food. Um, and so far, it's been pretty amazing. Um First of all, just a brief description, Whole30 is basically you're eating whole foods for 30 days, right? Um, so what that means is no, um, no dairy, no breads or grains, no sugars, uh, no alcohol, uh, there's other things like no no beans and no oatmeal, like things, you know, of course, no grains. So um, it's basically meats, fruits, veggies. That's the main food groups that we're focusing on. And then you could have, you know, other things here and there that fall within. You could have nuts. You can have... Uh, uh, you can have bacon, y'all. What? Uh, <laughs> which has been my savior. Um, but, yo, it's it's been a really dope... Um, shift in my eating plan, especially coming off being in Puerto Rico and drinking nonstop for pretty much three days. Um, and pretty much every day prior to that, I haven't had a drink since the 14th. Um, and the first couple of days were rough, you know, mainly not because like I need a drink to get my day going, but I need a drink to get my day stopped. Like I, I, I would come home and just sip a little this, sip a little that. You know, on the weekends, we go out to eat, you know, get a little drink with dinner. Um, not being able to do that has been a little tough, to be quite honest. Um, but what I'll tell you is here's what I've experienced so far health-wise. Um, the first thing that I've noticed right off the bat is that I no longer am sleepy in the middle of the day. Um, for the folks that work with me, y'all know, between the hours of 2 and 4 o'clock, I'm trash. Like, I am no good. I used to be, like, no good to anybody. You have a meeting at 3 o'clock, best believe I will come in that joint looking like Droopy the dog. Um, I will be nodding, bobbing, and weaving, like, all that, like, trying to keep my eyes open. Um, I, I, I just don't know. But since Whole30... Um, I really noticed that I wake up in the morning energized and I'm able to keep my stamina throughout the day. And it's been pretty amazing. Um, something else I noticed, you know, of course, my clothes fit better. Um, I don't feel as um, as full when I eat. And my um, my appetite has changed. And so. My body is telling me when to eat. Like, I don't count calories. Uh, I don't uh, say, oh, I can't eat that, or, you know, in terms of the amount of food. I just eat till I'm full. And if I'm eating the right balance of meat and veggies, I'll know when it's time for me to eat again. I don't plan it. I just, I just respond to my body. And that's been a really, really good thing for me. Um, so, yeah, this, if you're interested in looking at the Whole30 journey for yourself, you know, check it out. Like, go online, just do a little research. I would say, like, it is a little bit more expensive. Uh, the, the diet, the plan wants you to eat organic, you know, grass-fed, you know, no hormones, no, probi no <laughs> probiotics, no antibiotic, you know, food, no pesticides, and so those foods, especially the fresh veggies and, and fruits, are a little bit more expensive. Um, but, you know, it 
if it is the organic non-grass piece that's holding you back, you can get the regular for the regular price. Um, just being mindful that, you know, it, it, it is has been proven that, you know, eating organic and eating a little bit fresher is better for us in the long term. Um, but eating non-organic food is better than eating junk food and, and eating a whole bunch of bread and sugar. Did I say no sugar? Yeah, so no sugar in my coffee for the past 14 days. That's been wild. Um, but, yo, uh, so let me know. Hit me up if you're looking into Whole30. It, it, clearly, like, if I could do it, I'm a big dude. I like to eat. I like to drink. I like to go out and have fun. Um, and, and, and not that I haven't been having fun, because I have, but I've been able to do all those things just without the drinking. So let me know. Um, moving into Mr. Logan's Corner. Uh, Mr. Logan's Corner is the um, the music portion of the podcast. And i got to say, it's January 29th, um, and there's very little music right now. Like, where, where are the albums at? Like, what's going on? First quarter. Um, there's nothing that's come out recently that's really inspired me that I even feel like, oh, I need to tell folks about this. Um the only thing that's even standing out to me right now is J. Cole's middle child single that came out last week. Um, J. Cole released this whole rollout of, you know, he's going to flame MCs and he's not playing. He's writing names down and he released a pretty decent single. Um, but I will say that after listening, listening to it one or two times, it's really not much you know, re-listening value to it. Um, it's it's kind of regular. It's just a nice song. It's a, it's cool. Um, but that's really what music has been at the top of the year. It's been cool. Like, oh, okay, cool. No albums are really sticking out to me. Uh, when I go through the list of title and iTunes of albums this year, there's nobody for me. Um, I see Future. I see uh, 21 Savage, I think, released at the beginning of the year. It's pretty good. I, I think I talked about it earlier. It's a pretty good album. Um, but there's no other. Where are the big names? You know, we're all waiting for Rihanna. We're all waiting for Beyonce, we heard. We're all waiting for, I'm waiting for Kanye. Y'all don't have to wait for him. Y'all can go ahead and sit in the corner. I'm waiting for a Kanye album. I'm waiting for a Big Sean album. I heard 2 Chains is coming out. So um, there should be some new music coming soon. I'm waiting for that big first album of 2019. Um, I think 2018 ended so crazy with... Um, with Travis Scott, with, like, some really huge albums at the end of the year. Um, you know, from the summer to the end of the year, there were some crazy albums, and and it's been dry. So, um, yeah, the, you know, it's interesting because um, I have a segment that I want to introduce um, that I haven't had the chance to talk about yet on the podcast um, and the segment is called I Hate the PTA, and, and the segment is really about how men can be more involved in schools, in education, so whether or not you have kids just maybe in your community. Um, but I will say that I, I don't want to talk about that yet. <laughs> I don't want to talk about that yet because I feel like to start that segment, I need to give a backdrop of my educational background, um, just so you know kind of where my head is 
um, why I might be leaning towards a certain side for whatever topic we're t- talking about. So I will, I'll get to the PTA soon, promise. Um, but this, the main episode, the, the roti, remember the roti is the main segment um, where we talk about all other things, the, the, the meat and potatoes of, 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 this, of this show, right? Um, where we get down and dirty on, on the things there, right? So, um, so the title and, and kind of what the main focus of this episode that I really want to spend a little time on is appreciative inquiry, right? Appreciative thinking um, uh, and, and focusing on the things that are working. Um, now, when I planned this topic, I didn't think that my first news story that I would read when I turned on my phone this morning would be a black gay man getting thrown, uh, getting bleach thrown on him and a noose hanging around his neck and people screaming out, this is MAGA country. I didn't think that was going to be the first story. Um, and so it's 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 hard to hear something like that and then move into an appreciative, like, oh, here are the things I appreciate. So in full transparency, my head right now is not in an appreciative place. Um, and that's real life. So I thought about like, uh, you know, I'm going to talk about appreciation another day. You know, I'm going to talk about it, you know, because I'm not in an appreciative place. But um, I think that's, I think it's it's real and it's authentic for me to approach it anyway, because this is life, you know, and, and I don't mean that to diminish any of the atrocities that have happened today or recently, I'm saying that as men, as people in general, we're going to be faced with uh, ridiculousness. We're going to be faced with hate. We're going to be, excuse me, faced with people that don't like us, people that want to harm us every day. Those things don't go away, Um, especially if you're uh, someone that's marginalized on any level. Um, So... How do we, in this day and time where there's so much negative news, where we have access to so much negative news, how do we take time to focus on the things that are working in our lives? Um, The concept of appreciative inquiry is actually uh, a model that I picked up, of course I didn't make it up, that I picked up while I was doing some uh, OD work, organizational development work, when I worked at the University of Maryland. Um, I was a part of a group called the Peer Consulting Network, and I was introduced to the concept of appreciative inquiry as an organizational developmental model. It's an approach. Out of the University of Chicago, I can't remember the name of the man. Um, wow, should know that. Um, that's why this show sucks. Um, uh, I, I can't remember the name of the man that that uh, that coined the term, but if you Google appreciative inquiry, you see it. It's not my model at all. Um, but basically, it is a, a model when looking at organizations, right, where we focus on, uh, you know, understanding that there are issues in all of our organizations. Um, but in order to fix the things that are wrong, we f- focus on and inquire into the things that are working, you know, the things that bring us joy, right? So we talk about, everybody's talking about Marie Kondo and and the cleaning method and, you know, throwing away the things that don't give us joy. And this is really like the, the life way of, of how to 
big up how to uh, amplify the things in our lives and in our organizations that are working. Um, and so the inquiry piece is, you know, in an organization, um, basing any improvement on having conversations and asking questions of folks in the organization to which uh, will promote and produce stories that are happy, you know. Um, instead of saying, like, what's wrong with this department, you would ask, tell me the last time that this department produced an awesome program. You know, being intentional about the language of, you know, tell me uh, a time where you felt very extremely proud of your work. Um, and so the process of people in an organization asking each other these questions and spending time. I mean, just think about it. Ask yourself, you know, when was the last time something at work made you proud that you were a part of, right? Just telling that story without even going into here's what happened in this situation, but just telling the story is going to make you feel a certain way. So get two people, get four people, get eight people, get 20 people in a room sharing these positive stories. There's just going to be, uh, you're going to approach organizational change from a better, more appreciative way, appreciating the things that work. Um, and so, you know, it's something since being introduced to this myself in about 2011, um, it's a way that I really try to incorporate this into my daily life. Um, and that's really what I want us all to be thinking about as, as we, you know, enter into another week, as we go into our conversations with our significant others, with our colleagues, with our children, um, with, with the people that we like and the people that we don't like. Unfortunately, we have to do that. Uh, it feels counterproductive. It feels counterintuitive. Um, but focusing on the things that are working in different aspects of our lives will make us appreciate uh, those good times. And will ideally, by osmosis or intentionality, um, will um, begin for us to change and to shift the things that aren't working. Right. Of course, that that requires coaching and that requires, you know, maybe a little bit more professional help um, or, or some more intentionality. Um, but really what it is, is by focusing on the things that are working, we will fix the things that aren't. Um, and so I, 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 my charge to you. Um, and, and that's something that I want every episode of the idea of manhood to leave you with is my charge to you is over the next week, um, a week might be too hard over the next 48 hours, you know, take the time in your life right now, the areas that are challenging. So let's say you hate your job or let's say, you know, you're in a relationship that you're not really happy in, or you have a cousin that you're not speaking to, or a family member, what have you, um, you know, try your best to ask yourself questions that will allow you to reflect on something positive within that relationship, right? Uh, so if it's at work, when was the last time I was happy at this job that I hate right now? What was it about that situation 
that made me happy? Um, what did I do to contribute to my own happiness? In you know, back when I was happy at this job, who was involved? How many people were there? You know, what role did my supervisor play in my most amazing moment in this organization? Um, same thing with relationships. Same thing. You know what I find that this really has been most impactful to me is as a parent, as a dad. You know, those moments where it feels like the kids are beating you up. Of course, not physically, but just mentally, you know, whether it's, you know, just speaking about my kids, um, you know, constant talking or just a lot of noise as dad, you know, we don't like a whole lot. Everybody's talking to us at one time. We're like, I'm trying to figure it out. Um, But like in those moments or shortly thereafter, those moments, like really we take for granted the the uh, the appreciation that we have for our children. And, And and sometimes it takes like. When was the last time that I was really proud of this kid? You know, what did they do that made me, you know, proud? How did I contribute to that moment? How did they contribute? How can we replicate? That's the piece there that I haven't mentioned yet with five minutes to go. Like, what's the piece that can be replicated in other areas of this parenting relationship, this relationship, this job, this friendship, right? Um... So, yes, that's what I leave you with today. Um, thank you, everyone, for uh, for tuning in. I think I have something special coming up uh, where I can talk a little bit more um, about some of the issues that are happening in, in our culture today with another colleague and friend. Um, I'm not going to spill the beans here, but I'm thinking we have something really special coming up. With one of my fraternity brothers from JMU, um, we've planned and been talking about working together for a long time, and I, we we might have something cooking up. So, um, if that does happen, please check the website. Of course, you know I'm going to put it out on every absolutely every social media platform, so you all can hear. I think it's going to be really special. So, um, thank you so much for tuning in. This is the Idea Manhood. Uh, podcast. Peace out.